0: And we are live. Welcome to another episode of CAD Live, the most wonderful show on the lovely internet. And I'm joined once again by the man, the legend, the grumpy old git, who is...
1: Thank you. Thank Mr. Owen Clary, how are you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Where do I get
0: this? Everyone keeps
1: calling me the grumpy old man. How, how am I getting this reputation? I <laughs> oh, couldn't
0: possibly imagine. Uh-huh, <laughs> I've got no uh-huh. idea. Okay, well, okay. Uh, well, as we were saying before we, uh, we, we came on, obviously, we are of a, a similar vintage, a similar vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, you know, here we are, uh, just, just, just hanging on in there, really, and uh, chatting about uh, all of this good stuff. Um, so look, nice of you to come on. It's always great to chat to you, always great to see you. And of course, today, the, the key reason why we're talking, although maybe we'll go off in some some other directions. But the key reason why we're talking is you have a fantastic new book out or relatively new book out, which is called The Book of Numbers. Mm. And I've entitled this show, Is It Worth Getting Married? And um, you know, I'm a bit of a starry-eyed romantic uh um, Aaron. So um, I'm, I, I was hoping when I opened this book, that it was going to give me all of those, oh, those reasons you were that I do not um, yeah. But, but, but unfortunately it wasn't, it, it wasn't to be. So, and um, we'll go into some of the, the gory details, but there are some pretty eye popping stats in this book. Cause it yes. is a book based in your research and statistics mm-hmm. that would make even the, the most tradcon blue pills dude think twice about right. about marriage and also, L- I suppose, LTRs or certainly cohab. Well, but actually, do, do you want to explain the parameters of, of what you are investigating in the book first? Because I think that's- Yeah, a- the,
1: the general, pre- I had an intellectual in- interest in it because I am an economist. And if you sit down and think about it, um, there's one sex in the world, and I don't care how politically correct this or incorrect this is, mm. uh, men account for the lion's share of real economic growth. Uh, we account for nearly all the technological advancements And the engine or the world economy has been very simple. Men will produce and, well, will kill each other, too, uh, for female youth and beauty. So we are the economic engines of global economic growth. Uh, We're the reason that center of livings are so high. Not to say women haven't contributed or aren't working more increasingly (laughs) nowadays as as, uh, technology has advanced. Uh, but but when you when you take away the number one incentive men have in life to work and produce, which is attractive young women, uh, what is going to happen to economic growth? So I had an intellectual interest there, like what will happen to economic growth? And so uh, it's been going down and uh, we, the boring statistics of which are not going to shock anyone. But what I did do and figure out in my analyses, if you look at the number one thing that men expend all the resources on, whether that resource is time, money, psychological investment, it's been women, always has been. I think it always will be. And I first posed this question, like, is it worth it? Especially Mm -hmm. in today's Mm -hmm. environment where uh, team women are not on team men. uh, And Mm -hmm. I I hate to sound so pessimistic, but there's a lot of team women that hate team men, or at least are competitive against us. And it's kind of like, well, is this even worth it anymore? And I know uh, you and I have a, a similar background, not just because we're the same age, but broken families. We've seen divorce. Mm. And I before, and, and we know buddies. We have colleagues like Rich and Terrence Pop, these guys, and yeah, gone through the divorce ringer and just gotten utterly destroyed. And so what I did was simply do the first cost-benefit analysis as to whether or not men's continued pursuit of women is worth it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's a really interesting... <clears throat> area of study because I guess it's something I've always thought about and I suppose when you've got a YouTube channel which is basically talking about (laughs) that Mm -hmm. there are going to be times when you think is it worth it and certainly through my life I spent a lot of my degenerate youth and by youth I mean up to about Five minutes ago, um, in, in in this pursuit, and you always do sit there and think. Actually, if I hadn't have done all of this, then what could I have achieved? What could I? What What's the the opportunity cost of having done all of this stuff? And mm. I, I try not to have regrets, but really, you kind of think. I mean, I was just on a, a live stream. Uh, sorry, a, a, a webinar with John MLD, and he was talking about this guy that he he knows who does day game in Japan, and he was saying if he just works as hard on his on his cryptos or, or his investing, as he did on Chasing Women, he'd be a multimillionaire by now.
1: Right. And and the numbers do bear that out precisely to 9600000 million pre-tax uh, because what yes. I did is I went through and I <clears throat> calculated not just what men explicitly spend on women, like actual cash outlays relative to what women spend on them. But I also said, okay, what if you took that and threw it in the S and P 500? You didn't get divorced, all these savings, and it's prorated at an average rate of return, and all that. You are talking multiple millions of dollars of opportunity cost, yeah, uh, for you. And you know, th- the paradox is, you know, if we if we didn't chase girls, if we didn't have such a vested interest in girls, I don't know if we'd be human. I don't know what else there is to do because, you know, I, if I had nine point six million or a loving wife, I'm going to choose the loving wife. Of mm. family um, mm. over the 9.6 million. But when you're looking at a 50% divorce rate, only 14% of marriages are happily married after a while. Yeah. It's, now all of a sudden that 9.6 million starts to look a little bit like, oh, and so we can always Monday morning quarterback and look, back, oh, I should have done this. I should Yes, of course you would, you'd be, drastically far ahead financially had you not spent time at the nightclubs or chasing girls or this or mm. that and thrown it uh, uh frigidly and coldly into into an index fund uh but that's not the case but that's that's the academic point that i wanted to make Like, look there are some real not only tangible costs but opportunity and intangible costs men are paying in their pursuit of women and given the uh I'd say antagonistic would be the best way to describe it. Relationships between men and women. um I I really don't know if it's worth it anymore. Uh, certainly not for the risk of your chances of success.
0: Yes, indeed. But of course, the truth, like you said, the reality of the matter is we are we're all human, and you have that massive injection of testosterone, don't you, when you're young? When you're you're young? When you're in your I suppose, late teens into through your 20s and into your 30s, when it, it, it's for most of us, it's unthinkable, really, to go down the, the dry, I'm just going to stick the money into an in, into um, index funds route. So who would you say the book is mainly aimed at? I suppose it, it, it can this To me, this has a wide audience of people who are just just intellectually interested in this subject matter. But I suppose this could be particularly helpful for guys perhaps at the beginning of this journey to sort of sit back and think, well, hang on a minute. What am I actually getting myself into? Because if I'd have read this when I was in my early twenties, perhaps things would have been somewhat different for me. Mm.
1: Yeah. The, the book has like, well, three, I guess, main audience. So the first one would be the intellectual types who, you know, maybe they're married or they're, they're not hmm. dating or whatever. And <clears throat> they're kind of curious. Yeah. What were the, were the economic chances or the statistical chances, but then the two main groups of people it helps that has a beyond a intellectual uh, value to uh, would be young men, which would be every book. I think all of us are writing. Like if we can get into the hands of young men, where you wake up and i'm not saying don't chase girls i'm not saying don't find a wife or don't get married i mean if you find the right gal god bless you and i, I hope it works out well but do understand what your chances are which are mm-hmm. very low and more so to uh, uh align your expectations with those statistical realities so that's the first audiences so young men like back you know i wish i wish i could have approached myself when i was 20 like look Spare yourself this time. You'll still be just as successful with women if you do X, Y, and Z, but you'll be like a quarter million dollars cash ahead by the time you're 35. So there's a huge practical uh, financial, uh, and and I I would say mental health uh, benefit uh, to young men reading this. And then the other group is for men that uh, not necessarily older, but have gone through hell, who've been divorced and who are wondering, like, is it me? that I do something wrong? And I'm not a big man on forgiveness. I'm always, for one, owning their own mistakes. And it, you have agency and control. Um, it's you who are going to get yourself out of it. I don't care what your environment is. You have to react and respond to the environment. So I'm very hard on people. But when you look at these numbers and you go mm-hmm. over, it's like, yeah, for the most part, guys, you didn't stand a shot. I mean, it is so stacked against you, it is so bad uh, that if you have gone through divorce, if you, uh, have gone through kind of a low level, uh, I think it's not background, uh, PTSD, there's a, there's a different uh, phrase for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but given how the environment has been at least for the past 30 years, uh, with, uh, a, a pro-female anti-male bias, uh, and how women have been programmed to pursue, Careers, education and and things above that of love and and, and falling in love with the husband, even to become weaponized against you uh, that this book explains to you like, look, it ain't your fault. All right. You didn't stand much of a shot to begin with. And so it provides sanity it doesn't solve the problem or the solution, but it provides sanity and explanation
0: uh, mm. for
1: old timers who maybe say, what the heck just happened to me? And you read really yeah. like, oh, OK, well, I, I see. And it was an uphill battle to begin with.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the French novelist, uh, Michel Welbeck, who wrote Platform and things like that, he has a quote that goes something like, romantic love is impossible in the modern age. Mm. And that's really the subtext of a, a lot of his his writing, which was quite popular in the red pill space. Do you think that that's, there's some truth in that? Do you think romantic love is kind of almost impossible under the, the circumstances that we have yeah
1: yeah i mean uh, of course you know i've i've been, sure you have too we've met many well maybe not many but certainly a handful of good quality gals that mm. uh either the ones that got away or we were too busy just trying to get by or survive we didn't realize what we had in our hands so i have met more than one uh good quality woman uh women out there uh so it's not st- nothing statistically impossible Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, yes. And the main reason is that we, I, w- I hate to, I hate to sound so pejorative, but we, we brainwash young women because so you don't need men. And so, yeah. you know, which is, which is ludicrous. That's stupid because I don't know why the heck you're here. I don't know if you've noticed your plumbing downstairs. It kind of, yeah. you know, slot a goes into hole B. Didn't know if you knew that. Uh, but I, and I'm trying to figure out somewhere else in the, in the history of humans, where one sex was so weaponized and told that you don't need these people. You know, you you got the government or you get, so, um, it's, uh, I would say given we're talking 40, 50 years even, but I'd say more like 40 where girls starting at the age of five, you know, like you don't need men and you could do it. And instead of this kind of like compliment each other and help each other out in a yin and yang where I am strong, you are weak, where you are weak, I am strong. We can, we can work together as, as a, as a team. I think it has been programmed to be at least competitive, if not outright adversarial. And Mm. so when women have this attitude where uh, even their ideological, I'd say religion, uh, their whole point and purpose in living in life is now a generally speaking, a socialist uh, religion where it's whatever environmentalism or I'm doing dog rescue or feminism unto itself. uh, You're not putting the opposite sex at the number one center of your life. You're not Mm. falling in love And it, it shouldn't be a surprise that, you know, we're still having half a divorce rate and uh, uh, girls are getting their uh, in vitro fertilization and egg freezing and all that other stuff. And so the the war of the sexes has continued to further divide us apart. So, yeah, I, I don't think given that background and that indoctrination uh, that continues well on into their until they're almost dead, uh, <laughs> that. That, yeah, it's it's almost impossible because most women have an operating system now that is, well, I can't rely on a man, and it's all me, it's all my career. It's like, well, that's not love. Love is selfless, and you have to put somebody else ahead of you. So it, it's antithetical to love.
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, cheery times, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Anyway, join the party. Um, to, to be clear, though, because obviously the people that watch my stuff, a lot of guys – are into the dating side of things and maybe they're not so much looking for marriage and and all of that or maybe they are but whatever um but this is very much specifically what you are look what you look at here in the throughout the main the main part of the book is specifically finding a quality woman and to to marry and that being a happy marriage isn't it so what you're not really talking about is you know being a sort of john mld style degenerate and going out and sleeping with lots of different girls. You're, you're specifically talking about what are the what is the ROI of looking for a woman that you can build a life with, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, correct. And I had to pick some kind of objective standard where it's like, okay, what is defined as success? So I went traditionally what it is long term throughout all of human history, which would be you're you're married with children and happily yeah. married. Now of course uh that that's not everybody's goal. Uh some guys just want to splint plate, uh, plates and, and have a good time. Uh but in order to date I mean, I'm sorry, in order to get married, you have to date. And so I still came across that data. It's not like the journey ended, you know, like, oh, yeah, you just get married and and then the Amish come in and they give you a hat or whatever. Not that. Uh, So I still came across, like, if you wanted to court what the chance of getting late, things like that. So the the journey to marriage includes dating and courting. Um, Yes, of course. uh, Those those statistics are they also bear out some uh, interesting numbers as well.
0: Yes, okay. yes, of course. How long did it take you to collate all of the the data for this? And what was your process? You had somebody helping you, did you? Right, to, yeah. To and the actually, yeah, yeah.
1: I would say it took about two and a half, maybe three weeks. Okay, um, where I, you know a lot of it was just figuring out the model, and, and and then a lot of it was changing the model based on what data did or did not exist. But yeah, it was about a just shy of a three week process, and then going mm-hmm. through that model, uh, calculating the numbers, getting the data. And then having my actuary do some statistical analyses to back out co-correlation and other things, not to just mention, you know, check my math. Uh, but, yeah, it was about a two and a half week process. Where we yeah. Went through and put together this yeah.
0: Day. Yeah. And all the data you used. I mean, I, I'm not a statistician, so I'm not, you know, I'm a I'm a, a lay person in, in all of this. But I mean, all of the data that you was was there. it's it seems there was enough rigorous data, robust data out there that you felt that you could put this together? Because obviously you were having to sort of, it, it's such a weird area, isn't it? Like how mm-hmm. do you measure happiness? How do you measure satisfaction? You know, these different things. But there was enough that was that was out there that you were able to do this. I mean, would you have, if you'd have had the, all the time in the world and resources, would you like to have, built your own studies or were there things that you weren't able to find out that you would have liked? To
1: oh affect? yeah, of course. No, I mean, it's, it's kind of, that's the problem with the social sciences. You're like, oh, this data set would be really great. But then you find out no one's done a study on it. And unless I have the resources to go poll 10,000 women and yeah. get intellectual, you know, double blind test and all that. So I have, mm. I would have to, and this is economist in me, um, you'd have to come up with proxy measures or alternative ways to suss out the data. So there's, there's other statistical techniques and analyses
0: you can do. I wouldn't mind, um, I wouldn't mind polling 10,000 women.
1: Uh, no, it's, <laughs> oh. it's, it's polling's, polling's very, yeah, that's, that's. Oh, not like bold. with you, not like with the, the poll. Yeah, no, you right. don't want to poll 10,000 women, to be too much time consuming. But, um, yeah, there was obviously some things I would have really liked to have, some other polling data, some uh, statistical data, but I, I can confidently say this, and, and of course it's only been out two months, so there hasn't been a lot of, uh, Studies released since that time, this is the most thorough and comprehensive analysis cost benefit analysis on the pursuit of women uh done in the history of the world or history of the United States anyway mm-hmm. um and until we have more data, yeah, and then I even make a call for it It's like, hey, if you got extra data or if you if you have this particular data set i'd
0: really appreciate it yeah, but no yeah. it's it's
1: as good as we could have done with the data that was available on the internet today,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, of course, this is all U.S. data, isn't it? So I, I don't imagine for a second that anything that you're saying here is markedly different, say, than in the UK and probably most of Europe. But I suppose there are other places where things would would differ somewhat. Getting into right. the East and so sort
1: of- Yeah, if we if we start going into Asian cultures, I don't think it would, it would play well. Also, Latino or second, third world countries yeah. it would, it would probably start to fall mm-hmm. apart. Um, it, as long as within the Anglo sphere, certainly. Uh, mm. and there was some data I pulled, like from Australia, the United Kingdom, where it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. what kind of data? And so it wasn't a purely 100% American study. Uh, but yes, this would not apply to Thailand, uh, mm. even Japan, which, um, is quote unquote a first world country, but uh, the cultural differences are are so big there that I don't think it would really apply. They have their own unique set of circumstances, but. Yeah, in the Anglo sphere, this definitely would apply
0: to to blokes in the UK or, or Australia. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. for sure. And there's always been that thing, I suppose. Even though, as you say, this is the first, and I don't know of anything else like this in this space, or I'm certainly not ready to. There, I, there's nothing else as comprehensive as this by in any measure at all. But thank you, thank I, you. No, indeed. But um, I suppose that guys have always sort of intuitively known this in the sense that. You do get all these guys who who will go off to Asia or they will go off to Russia or whatever in order to basically because they think they're going to have a better chance of meeting a high quality woman um, over there. So, So do you th- see that as being a solution to this? Because for me, that brings its own problems as well. You know, I don't think it's as easy yeah. as just saying, oh, I'm going to move to a totally different culture. And, you know, I mean, it, it's that's not the easiest thing in the world.
1: No. And I and I've had some uh, personal experience through a friend who is now on his fourth Russian bride. Oh, right. It's the most expensive prostitution I've ever seen in my life because they all come back. They all they all forget to mention they have a kid. They all run off and cheat on them with some other American dude once they get the green card. Uh, that is not the silver bullet that you think it is. Um, yeah. Also, another common thing, I have this with a lot of my clients. Oh, I met a girl in the Philippines or Thailand or some other place, but the family expected me to send back money. And it's like, that's expected. Like, there's no there's no clean break. There's not this country where it's like June Cleaver, but she happens to be Asian and everybody's like, no, there's uh, a ec- cultural expectation and cultural norms where it's like, yeah, you got to send money back to the family. Uh, I've seen it where uh, the women will come to the United States and it's not so much that they become Americanized, although, although they will uh, to some level. Uh, but then also it's always about the money and supporting the family. They they absolutely do have a, a larger uh, loyalty, a bigger loyalty to their family than they do you, the husband. Um, and I've just, it's very cultural and tribalistic where like the husband really does come second uh, mm. uh, to the family back at home. So, yeah, there's not, um, there's no silver bullet to it. Uh, and mm. there, there are good girls in Western civilization. You just got to really look for them. It's it's a it's a big endeavor and a big investment.
0: Yeah, yeah. The other thing as well is that to actually go and live in a different culture. I mean, people obviously do it successfully. I mean, John MLD has been in Japan for for years and he's having a, a whale of a time. And mm. there are many, many, many other examples. But it's. It's not quite as easy as just saying, oh, okay, I'm just going to move to the other side of the world and not see my family or my homeland again, and that's going to be great, right? I think it's a bigger psychological jolt than people realise. Probably as you get it – well, I don't know. You're you're thinking about – you are thinking about moving, though, aren't you? So –
1: yeah, but it's it's not for finding romance or love. Sure. Or just for be for cultural stability. But I'm I'm no fool either. And forget forget dating or women like, mm. you know, uh Poland is it western? Yes. I've not been to Poland, but I'm sure they have their own unique uh cultural eccentricities. Oh, take a little bit of a, a, adapting to the Balkans, uh the the Baltics um yes. and certainly if you go to uh, an oriental culture, such as Japan or Taiwan or China or whatever there, it's a huge uh, cultural difference. So I have no expectations, but that's why you need need boots on the ground. But I I'm not saying don't go overseas. I mean, maybe the love of your life is in the Philippines. You know, I'm, I'm, mm. who am I to to get in the way of love wherever it comes from? Uh, but that is not the silver bullet. And I think you and I, that that mail order bride stuff has been around for 30 years. Easy. Yeah, yeah. And I don't don't see a lot of happy, successful people. I just, I haven't seen that in my anecdotal experiences.
0: Well, you can, there is out and out mail order bride stuff, isn't there? Where you literally go onto a website and they say, we'll find you a wife and all of that. And those things always seem to be scams to me, or I certainly would you know, that's certainly not something I'd advise anyone to, to get involved with, but then there is just literally rocking up in the country and you meet a girl and blah, blah, blah. You guys get on, you get together and it, it blossoms into a relationship, but, um, but and and that's not a a scam as such that's a a genuine thing but even then you've still got those cultural differences that you're talking about you've still got those cultural expectations and that's not as easily overcome as people think it's not like you say it's not it's not like a facsimile of america it's just somewhere else where the weather's a bit different it's it is very very different and i i see that when i've gone to Russia. I mean, Russia is only four hours on the plane from here, but you get off the plane and it's it's tot- it's like being on a different, not a different planet, but it is very, very different in many, many ways. And I think it would take a long time to really understand a different culture and, and, and know what's up.
1: Right. And we could talk about like, you know, do I think the chances of marriage are high? No, I think they're abysmally low, happily married anyway. And that's because of the programming and indoctrination we give young girls and young men starting at five and until they're dead. Uh, But also keep in mind, when you go overseas, there's, I don't want to call it, brain but they get programmed. There's a programming occurring at that place on how to live, what's culturally accepted, what's culturally not accepted. And so, uh, and that, that just goes beyond just uh, dating and romance. That could be your career, your work, your friendship, uh, your profession, your education, your career. And so when you go into a completely different country, I mean, you're going up against all of that. It's not just, Mm -hmm. okay, she's nice and sweet. It's like, well, maybe she has career incentives or maybe there's a huge cultural pull for her to not date an American, not date a Brit. Maybe they don't like white people. You know, that's a, that's something to, to, you know, especially modern life, John, I'm, he he's talked about i i don't know if i want to call it racism but the the japanese certainly do prefer their own and john's not allowed to go into certain venues and establishments cuz he's not japanese so mm-hmm. there's definitely some other socio-cultural hurdles that have nothing to do with uh with falling in love with a woman
0: yeah Sure, and also surprisingly, places in Eastern Europe and Russia, the divorce rates are actually pretty high. I think mm-hmm. divorce rates in some of those places are even higher than the average. You know, the fifty. You know, the the fifty percent. I mean, I've seen divorce rates up to you know, like really, really high divorce rates in some of those countries. So you you get these tw- trads on Twitter who think, oh, it's traditional values and all of that kind of stuff, and it's actually, I mean, I don't know, you know, it's the picture somewhat different. Yeah, I the. <laughs> There's only one thing worse than having no
1: hope, having hope when there should be no hope because you're (laughs) believing in a lie and you just will destroy your life. Uh, For example, I thought I'd make it as a as an economist slash banker slash financier. And that was probably the biggest eh, second biggest waste of my life. Um, And having uh, two idealistic, irrationally idealistic expectations of what you're going to get in modern Western society when it comes to women I think that is what's going to be, uh, I wouldn't say destroying men's lives, but certainly lessening them to a a very great. That would be the single worst thing going against your life is you have this understandably biological genetic compunction uh, to fall in love, find a girl, have sex, have kids. But as I've said several times on my on my channel before, uh, traditional wife and kids Mm. is just not on the menu. I mean, if they get Mm. it in, cool, if you're lucky, you won. But uh, do not pin your life's hopes and happiness and expectations on this, which is just not statistically there.
0: Yes, yes, indeed. Is part of this, though, you talk about the cultural issues and the programming on the female and male sides of the equation and and so on. And I agree with all of that. But is also part of this simply that monogamy itself is bloody difficult and perhaps I think the word natural is the wrong word to use, but is perhaps not the really optimized for for human beings because we (laughs) we're all kind of dirtbags and we all kind of um, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here. But, you know, like human beings are are perhaps not really optimized for monogamy. And the the whole structure was always flawed anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly that argument because we're not. Uh but what what I'm seeing more happening is a sociological transformation whereas okay, back in the day people got married, uh they kept it together, divorce was illegal or heavily frowned upon. Yeah. Um and for the sake of the children in society, uh, you kept the nuclear family together. Now that has changed, and I think two major forces that have brought about this change where we see our non monogamous uh nature in true light. Is One, you have the state, so women do not need men anymore. Uh, you have the government that has really supplanted men on a, at least a basic level. Like Women don't need a guy for food, clothing, shelter anymore. They could get their own career, but they they also ultimately do have the government, and the government will take care of uh, women and children. The second thing is advances in, in technology, where it's no longer physical labor, uh, predominantly in the form of farming, which 100 years ago was how 95, 96% of people were employed was on the farm. Yeah. Uh, now we have uh, powered engines, uh, combust engines, uh, technology, electricity, and uh, that has opened up the world uh, to a whole different set of skills that go beyond mere physical strength. And since there's no longer mere physical strength, women can now engage in different types of uh, uh well, high paid careers, actually, you know, they could become surgeons, they can become programmers. They now most of them want to major in sociology and, and help the children and, and use other people's money for that. But uh, women are no longer dependent on men to make their own money. And even if the money doesn't come in, they do have this ultimate uh, insurance policy in the form of the welfare state uh, that they do not need men. And I don't want women beholden to men out of economic <clears throat> Mm. Necessity, you know, you, you'd hope women would be there voluntarily, you know, because they love the man. Uh, but we can't we can't be idealistic, we just have to be empirical. Uh that was a huge force that kept women loyal to men, sticking with one guy and reinforced monogamy. And that was like, well, if you don't have him, you don't have food, clothing, or shelter. And so that's a huge uh biological and financial incentive to to keep the family together. Yeah, but
0: yeah, but again, is is that partly to do with the fact that we are just perhaps not as inclined towards monogamy as society would like us to believe? Because I, I guess the counterpoint to this would be people would say, well, yes, but it's, it's better now because you people have got choice. And whereas before there were probably terrible things going on in marriages when mm. no, you couldn't escape because it was basically against the law and you get stoned in the village if you were a woman sure, looking out on a sure. guy or whatever. Yeah. Now they have, you know, it, which is a good thing. They now have the ability to, to have more flex, freedom and flexibility in their lives. But at the same time, if you needed that sort of draconian lawmaking in order to keep people in these marriages in the first place, then... Is it, is, it, is it now just because now the brakes have been taken off? People have been allowed to re, re, return to their somewhat more feral nature rather than the, the idealized
1: right. notion that we have. And here, here's the problem, and we can always question whether humanity or nature has things in the best interest, but for whatever reason, over a millennia, it got down to like man and woman, husband, wife, nuclear family, all cultures, kind of like how gold all had yeah. value. Well, that's, that's because there's something intrinsic about gold that gives it value. And throughout all the culture, of course, there's the Mennonites or the Amish where you can have multiple words, not the, not the Amish, the, uh, who's the polygamists, the, um, the Utah people, Mormons, Mormons, mm, uh, there, mm. there are different sects within society that have that. But over time, nature has concluded it is the nuclear family that is the best, uh, most efficient, uh, unit of society to bring mm. about stability, food, clothing, shelter, things like that. And now that we've abandoned that, you can see what happens. Uh, I don't know about you, but re- after reading through your book, it did not sound like you had a great childhood or even the teens mm. or 20s something So where the, hef- where the heck was your dad? Where the heck was Ma? Uh, you know, I also had to go through some trials and tribulations coming from a broken home as well. Uh, and that is where uh, we could argue that human nature is a, a polygamist or a polyandrous, uh, but it's, it ultimately for what ultimately matters in the long-term survival of humans, that would be the children. You better have an effing mom and an effing dad around. And so we've seen this decay, uh, within, uh, you know, the welfare state, uh, the American Indian population has just been destroyed. Black community just been destroyed, Uh, And every other race is going that way. So it's not like Mm. they're just the canaries Mm. furthest down the coal mine. But you are seeing the destruction of this family, this natural economic uh, biological unit, or Darwinistic unit, I should say. And yes, our our natural tendencies is to go and bang everything and not be committed and all that. But society uh, has come up with a different plan for us. And that is where our cultural traditions and norms and marriage and, and committed family comes from. So, yeah, there's no doubt. About, yeah, Troy, I mean, there's a hot chick out there. It's like, yeah, I want to bang her. You know, it's like, doesn't mean I don't love my girlfriend, but that's just <clears throat> natural. I'm sure women want to do that, too, but they'll never say it because it's politically uh, impolite. Uh, but we've we have had society evolve for very good reasons to have what would be probably considered draconian or very serious laws uh, to enforce uh, uh, the family. Um, but mm. if if you're not going to have kids, it's, it's kind of for like you and me, it's kind of an academic debate where it's like, well, yeah, okay. I guess I should have a, a harem cause I'm not going to
0: have any kids. That's an interesting point. Actually, I wanted to ask you about that on a personal level, because you are somebody who has, you, we, we're talking about all of this, you know, building the, the traditional family and the value of the traditional family for society. And I, I get that, but of course you're somebody who has. Made a decision to to step away from that, and you, you have your long term girlfriend and so on. But you're certainly somebody who has, of their own volition, chosen to, you know, not not go down that sort of traditional right. route. Right. Um, so how do you? I, I suppose the two questions was that was for my understanding of as knowing you is that was for different reasons. That wasn't because you got all this figured out and you thought that was the logical thing. That was just no. your natural inclination. But how do you see yourself as well? Do you see yourself almost as like a and out, a uh, sort of like a an outsider now looking at this in a in a somewhat academic sort of removed way because you're just very interested in the human condition,
1: right? The uh, you know, I'm I'm one individual and my name is Aaron yeah. Clary. That doesn't mean I fit the stereotype or what what's good for me is good for the rest of society. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I am I am a statistical oddity. I mean, most men, most women want to pass on their genetics. I mean, I guess there's a piece of me that wanted to do it, but. I, dude, I, I the, the number one reason I got a vasectomy so I wouldn't have kids is I could barely support myself. And yeah. There was no stability. There was no financial stability. Even when I had a job, was making a lot of money, I was always on the verge of either getting fired or telling my boss to f off. And uh, yeah, you know the housing crisis. I guess you guys are familiar with that. Mm. Um, and then also culturally, I looked at, it, I'm like, there's no way I'm bringing a kid into this. There's mm. no way, absolutely not. So I've had that expunged for me. Like I don't have this latent desire. Like, Oh, I really wanted kids. Like, no, I don't. You, know, I like being able to eat my poke bowl. I like being able to have my high end coffee. Uh, <clears throat> I like the fact that my, uh, you know, I can build my house and the mortgage is going to be small and manageable. <clears throat> uh, and I like the fact I can pay cash for albeit used cars. Uh, so the, um, the life I've been able to enjoy. And uh, I, I think a lot of people can associate with this. I mean, you, I, I really loved your book. I mean, it was great. Like learning about when you were working at the nightclubs and everything, yeah, yeah. but here you have this tortured man who, you know, like food, clothing, and shelter was a thing for you. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. that that's stable, I don't have to worry about it. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. I'm not risking this with having kids. So yeah, I know most yeah. people want to have kids. I don't, it's not for me. It's just, it's just me and my background that, that brought that up. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, most people are mm-hmm. going to be happy having kids.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I agree. I just thought that was an interesting thing uh, to touch upon. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about women's expectations now, because this is a big problem, isn't it? This is and this yeah. is something else that you talk about in the book. In the uh, because you say there's two sides to this. The first side is, are you going to find the mythical high quality woman um, who, who who is going to be worthy of you know marriage? But equally, she's she's got to want to marry you as well. Mm-hmm. And she's got to before that. She, and before that, she's going to want to she, she's got she's got to have to want to engage with you when you go up and talk to her rather than throwing a drink in your face. And right. that, it seems, is becoming increasingly unlikely as we go forward. Mm.
1: Yeah. And you can th- uh, thank the Internet for that, uh, because women now can get an, an untold amount of digital attention online. I think Myron Gaines has some very interesting insights because it's a completely different world, especially now in light of of the coronavirus, where everything is online. Uh, And old school guys like us. I mean, if we're going to, you know, you still do in person game day game, which I think is actually the future. I think Mm -hmm. that, but yes, the, the numbers, women's expectations are completely not delusional. And they are delusional, but they're not realistic. Um, The, a lot of this is genetically programmed. Like, there's the study with OK Cupid where women only found 20% of men, five mm-hmm. or above. It's like, well, that is objectively wrong. You have, well, because they're probably happy sharing a, an alpha who will satiate them sexually. They're only willing to, <laughs> to do that. And also men are willing to, to sleep down a, a couple percentage or uh, SMV points uh, uh, to get with women. Yeah. So, yeah. That's- but. Well, I was gonna say, and then there are a bunch of other studies done where people were going on Tinder and or or whatever dating app, and out of ten thousand swipes, how many actually ended up in dates? Literally, like three. Like ten thousand swipes, and you get three dates, and then how many stood you up? Um, Yes, the the, and then this is just getting a date. Lord knows if you want to go and get married or you're going to get along what does a girl bring to the table? Uh, most Mm. young women today are financial ruins. They're financial wrecks with their student loan debt. They have no skills. They have no employable skills. Uh, and then they also have, unfortunately a, a huge ideological, uh, cult like indoctrination where their value is all about their politics or themselves or their career and not your effing husband or children.
0: Mm. And so,
1: uh, yeah, the, the expectation they've been, and, you know, a lot of guys are very angry with what uh, what they've been dealt with, and I can see you're very frustrated and angry with women, but feel bad for a man, too. I mean, try and be a little bit sympathetic. They have been lied to their entire lives about what yeah. they're entitled to, what's out there, and I know that may uh, uh, scorn you uh, when when a girl shoots you down or turns you down. But these girls, are, and I see this at, at my generation. I mean, holy cow! You want to talk about generation spinster? All these Gen X gals are like, well, it's, you know, really, forty-five is the new twenty-five. Like, no, it ain't. It over. It's over for you. Uh, and millennial girls are are unfortunately even more uh, uh, inculcated and brainwashed in this. So, yeah, the the ex- women's expectations are are no longer tethered or anchored to reality, and
0: especially if they're thinking they wanted to get married and, and happily so. Yeah, the stat about the 20% on Cupid that they only find, they regard 80% as being below attractive or, right. you know, what, however it was phrased. I mean, it's pretty mind-blowing, isn't it, really? Um, and, yeah, it does bear out in in reality. You know, um, <clears throat> uh, you, I've had conversations with girls and they've said things like, you know, I don't find most men good-looking. I don't find most men attractive and that's just their their reality but i suppose the current well the current and ongoing state of things with the with the apps and the internet and so on has just like supercharged that because i suppose i mean this is the thing we always come back to isn't it back in the day when you were working in that village in lithuania and you know she was a milkmaid and you were the local barman there wasn't a lot of choice whereas now right. you know the beach party in cancun the, the the sorry the phone party in cancun the guy on the yacht in dubai blah 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 you know mm-hmm. now she's got this global attention I, I really liked the concept that you talk about later on in the book called, about the digital superman which kind of oh, sounds like the digital like, voltron yes yes yeah, yeah this Nietzschean <laughs> uh twitter uber chat um but, yeah, that was really fascinating. Did you? Could you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, and it's, it's uh, nothing that we haven't done. I mean, when you're in your dating and play around phase, you know, you got this girl who's kind of the fun girl, this one who's really good in bed. So uh, this yeah. isn't relegated to women. Men are just as guilty of this as well. But uh, women, especially now that you have all men, I mean, <laughs> bar some poorer places on the world that don't have Internet access, uh, they have access to all men. Uh, you're competing against all men and you could be the greatest guy in your little neck of the woods there, but there's always somebody better than you in every other category. And so if girls are not interested in marriage and they're not interested in settling down, which most of them I don't believe are, um, they can also spin plates as it were. Mm. And there's the rich guy who will take them out for dinners and cocktails, but he's old and fat. Then there's the hot guy that she goes and has sex with. Then there's the sensitive, uh, nineties type of guy who she cries and he takes her out and, and, and is her emotional tampon. Uh, and then there's the, uh, I don't know the fun guy who rides the motorcycles and she kind of likes him, but she really <sighs> likes the rip Jack dumb f- uh, uh, a little bit better uh, sexually. So mm. you're not going up against any one man. You're going up the best of nearly all men that are within her digital purview. Yes. In specific categories. And you know, I'm a pretty great guy, but I am not six five. I'm not a Sterling Cooper porn star. I do not make rich Cooper money. Uh, but I do drive a motorcycle. I'm a pretty good ballroom dancer. But if a girl wants to, she can find a better ballroom dancer, a better motorcycle rider, um, a taller guy, a richer guy. They may not be one and the same guy, but what do they care? They're getting it, you know, across five, six, seven different eight guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's always somebody better than you, isn't there? Yes. Which is is the problem. There's always somebody, however good you think you are in that particular category that you excel in, like being good looking like me or ripped like me or, you know, whatever. um, There's always going to be somebody out there that that pips you to the post. And this is all sort of it's like... um, I try, I try to get, bring a financial, um, it, it's like the markets, isn't it? A lot of this is, is, is her sentiment. It's not necessarily that even that she's going out meeting these guys. It's just that on her phone, she's got some guy with really great muscles who is, who is messaging her or liking her pictures. And so right. she, in theory, she could get that guy. And so she doesn't even have to meet that guy. It's just her level of perception of what is possible has been pushed up by this new mm. digital reality right and also let's not forget the i would say call it the abandonment
1: of personality like what would get you to fall in love i mean you could fall in lust if the girl's hot and has got big boobs you'll fall in lust but the fall in love takes a little bit something else it requires personality mm-hmm. and chemistry i don't think girls are even getting to that point now it's like he there's a checklist it must it's like they're ordering sushi or something there's no consideration could, you know so you could have a, a great looking guy um he's have, but he's whatever he's he doesn't make six figures uh normally in the past he would have made enough the girl would have fallen in love with him she would have given him the time of day and uh they would have gone off and had kids but i don't even think girls are even considering personality anymore i mean it, if you go through these dating profiles i have a lot of my audience and, and members they'll send me the dating profiles it is like a menu like you better have this you better not have that if you like trump swipe left and and you know da and mm-hmm. i hate capitalists and it's like What about like love? What about if the guy's nice? I mean, what? I mean, gee whiz, you you don't sound fun at all. There's no, there's no humanity there anymore. It's just this checklist, and so, and and of course, because they have unlimited supply, they could they could go ahead and choose. And so, in having this unlimited supply, they lose the the focus on uh, humanity and a personality and actual love, as opposed to like uh, it's a checkmark and prestige.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And it's like I was saying, it feels like romantic love in the, in that old sense has become almost impossible now with the conditions that we, we have, because as you say, it, it is appalling. When you take a step back, it is kind of appalling, isn't it? Just as a human being, just to think, well, hang on a minute, <laughs> um, just because this guy hasn't got the six, 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 you know, the six figures, the uh, six, uh, the, the abs and the, you know, whatever. He's just written off immediately in this girl's estimation. And that is a very, just from a purely human level, that's a really unpleasant, unfortunate thought. But there it is, the sexual marketplaces. It's a jungle out there, lads. Um, But having said all of that, we get a lot of people critical of this space who are, so-called black pill guys and they think you know well it, yeah this just proves it it's all about looks it's all about money it's all about how tall you are and if you don't have those things stacked up then you may as well just go off yourself because there's no hope for you now what I like about the book is that you actually finish on a or it gets to towards the end and there's a somewhat more positive take on all of this because because yes when you look at the bare figures In themselves, the picture is very, very bleak, but that's not taking into account any sort of self-improvement the guy does or really any action on the part of the guy at all. Right. Right.
1: And that's that's the one benefit of studying uh, going through this model is I was able to figure out very specific key items, variables, statistics, traits that if you improve this, you'll drastically improve it. You do this, you'll drastically improve it. Now, of course, we can't do anything like height or anything like that you can get in shape uh that's probably the hardest one but the one that was the the biggest and by far ran away with it was asking out the number of girls Mm. is actually approaching women and increasing your statistical chances because uh what i did the analysis a lot of people like to point out like oh 0.0000386 or whatever percent chance it's like well yeah that's if you ever asked any random girl out what were the percent chances that she'd end up getting married to you and being happily married? Well, of course, that's a very low statistic. But over 10 years, you ask out five girls a week, uh, you know what? We're talking uh, five, 50,2,50 a year, five girls a week, yeah, 250 a year. Uh, now you're talking 2,500 girls over 10 years. You, you're moving that decimal point for four and a half spaces to the left, no, right, to the right. Um, so there are actionable things that you can do to dramatically increase your your rate of return uh no guarantees but i ran a couple scenarios where it's like okay you work out and you get up to an eight i think it was you work hard you make the money um and then uh what else was it oh and you ask out a thousand girls over the course of your life you are all of a sudden looking in very realistic territory of being happily married till death do you part now there's no way to tell of course you have to have chemistry and unfortunately the book cannot Ooh. Measure or analyze or quantify chemistry, but just based on the numbers, it does show you like, here's some key things you can do if you want to put the effort into it. Which I'm very sympathetic to people in the black pill about, where it's like, yeah, man, maybe it maybe it ain't worth it. You know, I, I bet your old man maybe got divorced. You look at Terrence Pop, you're kind of like, I can understand if Terrence is just not going to ask girls out again. I, I get it, I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. but they're in going through the statistical analysis, we know exactly which statistics and what traits and variables are the most uh, key ones that'll help increase your
0: chances with girls. And like you say, that turns the dial quite significantly, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. It really, it does.
1: Yeah. And I think I'd have to take a look at the book as well. But I think if you hit the gym, you weren't fat, you got into the top 20%, like you're an eight or above. Uh, You make, um, it wasn't even six figures. I think it was... Uh, there was a study done where women needed fifty-eight uh, percent. I think I think the number turned out to be sixty-eight thousand dollars U.S. So if you can make that, mm. uh, you increase your chances by thirty-three hundred percent. I mean that is a that's a drastic increase. And so now you're talking the world of feasibility, not not dreamland.
0: Yeah, and you're right because there are some guys who would say, "Well, going and asking out a thousand girls is." pussy begging or whatever, but I, I fundamentally disagree with that because I just think in life you've got to be proactive and mm. that counts in the field of dating just like in any other field. You know, it's a bit like saying, well, you know, um, I wanted to get a really great job but I would have had to have sent out my resume to 200 companies so I just decided not to bother because that's, you know, job begging. I mean, it it, it just, like, nothing comes to you easily or nothing v- worthwhile comes to you easily. And sometimes you've just got to put the, put, put the effort in. And plus as well, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, interacting with human beings, interacting with, with women, um, can be a lot of fun, even if you do get rejected, because, right. you know, guess what, you're going to get rejected a lot, but that doesn't, many times you can be rejected and actually have a great, and you know, maybe you, I mean, you were a very, uh, you a very handsome man, Cappy, um, and an adept ballroom dancer but maybe you've experienced this yourself you know you can express romantic interest in a woman and get rejected but you've still but had a good interaction completely. yeah no yeah, so there like- was this i'll i'll tell you about her
1: because i like her uh and i've known her for like 20 odd years but her name's sharma michelle she's a vocalist here jazz singer in the twin mm. cities and she's just a drop-dead gorgeous black woman and i remember moving back from chicago and i saw her sing and i'm like Oh, boy, I got to ask her out. So I asked her out, and she's all dressed in her evening gown. She's just a very beautiful woman. And she looked at me. She says, oh, thank you so much, but I have a boyfriend. And it was the most mm. wonderful shoot-down ever because she was such a classy woman. Then I find out. You know who she's married to? Who? Hey. Basically a shorter, older <laughs> version of me. Well, I'm Good like, God. what? what you he's shorter than me. He's got gray hair. Like, I'm the younger, better model. What are you? There? Happily married, but- uh No, it can, it could be, I mean, just even flirting. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's kind of, and besides what else you got to do? I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I like women uh, yes. and I, I would like to have them in my life as opposed to not. Uh, but at the same time, I could understand not going to a nightclub or, or having your mm-hmm. life obsessed about it, where it's like, if I don't get this girl at that, that uh, I think that's where it is. But if you could be confident in yourself and, you know, uh, look, I've gotten shot down the vast majority of times, at least nine out of 10 times. I mean, it's just, it's the way of, of female nature. Uh, they may even have wanted to go out on a date with you, but, uh, they just, they're a little f- afraid, nervous, uh, a little bit fearful, maybe, or not comfortable, and they say no, and you just got to get used to that. And uh, mm, mm. that's that's a uh, but at the same time, the, the pursuit sometimes was worth the chase, it was kind of fun, but that was that was the exception, not necessarily. Yeah, the
0: rule. well, as Farhan uh sagely says, Yeah, man, getting rejected five times in a row, then talking with Big Tits girl, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, um, th- this is the thing, I mean, I mean, well, rejection doesn't really matter, and there are different flavors of rejection as well, and many rejections can be pretty pleasant because ideally when you approach a woman, whether it's in the coffee shop or whether it's at the ballroom class or whether it's in the the bar or the nightclub or wherever, you know, ideally it should be an exchange of positive energy. So you should go up and make her feel good. And then she, you know, and she returns with that. And, you know, I mean, yeah, sure. Many times it's not like that. You know, you get bitchy girls and all the rest of it fine, whatever, but more often than not, you can actually have a positive interaction with the woman and it's good. It's just fun. It's just a nice it's it's a nice part of life. And you would kind of think after, you know, certainly in the UK, nearly a year of uh, different flavored lockdowns, people would actually appreciate more the fact that you can go out and just talk to different, you know, as when we can do this. You can go out and mm-hmm. talk to different people. That's It's great. It's the whole fabric of life, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you this, uh, looking at the numbers, online dating. Is
1: atrociously bad statistically speaking. Now, I'm not saying if you don't fine tune your online game and you got the right yeah, pictures, yeah. uh, Rollo or not Rollo, uh, Rich and Myron have some tech rules, got his book, and he goes into what you can do and not. But yeah. you are wasting so much effing time on those online dating apps. The average man spends 85 minutes a day on dating apps. Like, what, no, dude, that you got to be doing something else. I'm not saying like if you're on the toilet and really have no other opportunity cost, fine, start swiping left or right. <laughs> Uh, but the, I think the future is you see a cute girl at the grocery store, you ask her out. Um, you're, you're putting yourself in such a, uh, I would say by a factor of a hundred you're increasing your chances, which weren't that good to begin with online, but it was three in 16,000, uh, going up to a girl in person, my experience has been one in 10 and that's not even me at the top of my game. I mean, I, I think I got it down to like one in four. Uh, at the best, but one in 10, I would say is expect to be shot down nine times for one girl to say yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, do you mean to get a number or to, for it to go all the way? Or did you not really try on, it on to a date? That? Yeah. To get on, on a, to day, get on, yeah, a yeah. date. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah it yeah. was
1: one in 10 and you you get, you know, a lot of girls will say yes, but a lot of girls will stand you up too. So, mm-hmm. um, but if I just, I just remember, you know, gosh, it's coming out 20 years ago. I mean, yeah, I'd be asking out, if there was a cute girl. I wouldn't let it go away because I'd always be like, dang I should have asked her out. Uh, yes. and I, I think if you boys just get into that habit of, of you go up to a girl. So here's, it's not, you're not going to fail. This is like, you're cute. Do you want to get coffee sometime? It's simple. It's direct. It'll make her blush a little bit. Um, and and maybe she says yes, maybe she says no, but that's it. I think you're really cute. You want to get coffee sometime. Mm, and it's not mm. so much the, the word or the delivery. It's the fact you went up and approached. And after, I don't know, after your first 50, it's nothing. You know, you can even get creative and clever with it to the point, like you said, it is fun. It is charming. It is charismatic. Mm,
0: mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I learned that skill set uh many years ago and it's something that i've done for for a long time and it's something that i now teach in my program and with my private community and so on and um uh, you you know and i've benefited from it enormously in terms of my my dating life my sex life whatever but even more than that it's just opened up my life in just this incredible way you know and i i think it's something that everybody should have a go at and i think really it's something guys should become adept at. I mean, you don't have to be pounding the streets for hours or anything like that, but it should just be at least, you know, you go to the dry cleaners and there's a cute girl in the queue or you go to the train station, whatever, you know, you should be, just be a bit proactive, just talk to other people. I mean, if there's there's one thing the last years surely has taught us, it's that just real life interactions are so bloody important. And I think it's something we should push ourselves to to do if at all possible. Um, But listen, we're coming up on the hour. Um, If anyone's got a final question or observation for Cappy please whack it into the chat but um is there any sort of final words that you would say about the book or I mean presumably this really just in many ways just crystallized your suspicions about what was going on out there anyway but were you surprised by anything you found out or
1: yeah the numbers I mean we all kind of knew it like uh the guys say, "I'm writing this book, and you know even my dad he I said, you know, I'm analyzing the r o i and the pursuit of women, he says it's low you know i mean intuitively knew it uh but uh when I started doing the numbers and the data and the statistics, it was very eye opening even because it was uh significantly worse than I thought. Mm. I think things mm. have gotten worse than since I was in my twenties and you and I were younger men, I think younger men are facing a much larger uphill battle. But the one thing, even though it's a it's a standard industry statistic, one thing I could not get is look, okay, guys, I don't know if you knew this, but divorce is bad. Why in F's name are you people getting? Like, I was still shocked. There's a basically a 45% divorce rate where you're like, How why are you guys even doing this anymore? Like, this is hmm. this isn't like Troy orders the some blue shoes. And he doesn't like the blue shoes. And he's like, oh, blue shoes. I don't like blue shoes. But he still goes on and moves on. This is someone that takes half your effing money and can ruin your life, not to mention your family. And men are just approaching this like like it's some cute little cuddly pet scorpion they're going to pet and nothing's going to happen to him. It's like, whoa, this is the riskiest thing any man is going to do. And with a basically a fifty percent failure rate, that was something that that jogged my mind. Where I'm like, why are people still doing this? Like mm. this is this is just bad. This is a no brainer. Uh, but that was uh, that was enough. But we we kind of knew that. But yeah, otherwise the data and the numbers, the statistics, I was like, oh, that's bad. And I even had to talk to my actuary. I'm like, am I off by a decimal point? He's like, no, that's how bad it is. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh so yeah it's um uh, it's an interesting read if, if, especially if you have a mathematical mind you really appreciate the statistics but um, mm. they're pretty bad uh, even shocking me
0: mm. Mm. well it's a fascinating read and i'm you know i read it in its entirety the other day and i was just like you know obviously i'd seen your presentation previously at the, the rule zero events mm. and, and so on and and um i i was just like wow this is mind-blowing to to be reminded of some of these figures but like I say at the same time I do really like the way that you you finish the book as well because there is this sense of positivity because we're not just these marionettes who are just sort of sitting here just at you know at the whim of these figures that are just moving us around actually we can take action and we can you know improve our lot and that's really all I've ever believed in my own life. And that's all I've ever really said on, you know, shows like this and in the stuff that I've written and so on. I think that, you know, we've all got that responsibility really to, to be like, right. look, because like you always say, we're here now. You know, you didn't, you probably didn't ask to be born. We're not here with our consent, but we're here now. So mm. we might as well try and have the best possible time we can.
1: Right. And I got, I got news for all you guys out there. I don't care how much women are talking about equal and equality and all that. And yeah, I'm all for treating people equally under the law. Women are never going to develop the courage and bravery to ask men out anywhere near on parity to men asking women out. Mm -hmm. It is not going to happen. They don't have the sex drive. They do not have the sexual interest. I mean, now if you're a a 10, of course, you know, they're if you're the thunder down under type of people, sure. Uh, but generally speaking, you have to take agency and action into your hands because women will sit there and they are still going to expect to be waited and, and courted and taken out. Uh, you have to do the approaching. I think the book just, you know, for God's sake, if anything to get you guys to abandon online mm. dating and just mm. approach a girl in person, that alone is going to save you the ROI on, on the cost of the book. Uh, mm. but yeah, mm. you're, you could, if you want girls, no guarantee, no guarantee that they're not going to. Uh, divorce you make your life hell, but if you want them, you
0: are going to have to take action, and it's, it's spelled out what those actions are pretty clearly in the book. Yes, absolutely. Well, listen, um, thanks ever so much for for coming on. I know you've had a really packed schedule recently, so I do appreciate it, and it's been no it's been. Fantastic, as always, uh, to catch up. Um, so, yeah, Book of Numbers by uh, Aaron Clary, by uh, Cappy, Captain Capitalism. Fantastic read. Very much well worth your time. I've been spamming in the chat with the, uh, the link. It's also in the description, etc. So do make sure that you pick up a copy of that if you haven't already. Um, and, yeah, so anything else? Any final words? What, where, what are you up to this week or what have you got coming up? More,
1: more interviews? I'm on Paul's show tonight. Oh, nice. Um, I got 30 uh requests over at Asshole Consulting. I gotta get through. Um I may take a vacation. Um because yeah, this is I'm I'm kind of burnt out uh and I'm building a house and doing taxes. So it's it's been a very, very, very productive past couple of weeks. But um don't don't be surprised if I uh hit you up or Ryan Stone to kind of host my show, maybe and I
0: take a yeah. sabbatical or something. Yeah. No, well that would be awesome. But uh, no, so you've been busy af as we say in the yeah. UK so uh you you definitely deserve a break but um congratulations on the book man because it is um it is fantastic and i enjoyed it very much um so look guys as far as i'm concerned just hit subscribe to the channel uh really hit subscribe to the channel hit the notifications bell give us a like give us a dislike if you want you know if you if you're that way inclined give us a comment below anything to give the algorithm a little tickle um and uh push us up the ranks and uh, Thanks so much for tuning in and if you're watching this on the replay thanks to you as well. Um we will see you again very soon. Have a great rest of the day. Bye bye.